Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another TMV podcast brought to you by the Muslim Vibe. Uh, today we're recording a, a relatively special episode of, of the TMV podcast. Um, we're talking on Friday the 15th of March. Um, the time is about 9am in the UK and it's about 10 or 11pm if I'm not mistaken in New Zealand. Um, and we're speaking off the back of the tragic news that came through of the multiple terrorist attacks that took place at mosques in Christchurch in Australia, I'm oh, sorry, in New Zealand. Uh, I, I think um, the news has has shocked the global Muslim community. Um, I woke up to this news and I didn't quite know how to process it. And uh, I went on Facebook and um, one of my friends, Yasser, who lives in New Zealand, was, was posting prolifically about it, almost like a response talking to journalists and the media and people in general and whatever. Um, and I, to be honest, I wanted to speak to him to get a better understanding of the situation in New Zealand, the response of the Muslim community and how it's been treated generally. So um, I, I sent him a quick message and, and here we are basically. So Salaam Alaikum Yasser. Alaikum Salaam, how are you? Very good, thank you. Um, thank you for, for, for agreeing to do this. Obviously we're, we're talking on the day of, of the horrific attacks which at, at present 49 people have tragically lost their lives. Um, I just wanted to kind of understand the situation in New Zealand right now. I mean, what was what was your response? How did it all happen? How did it all unfold in, in your eyes? Well, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's sad. Uh, well, it's funny and it's sad because what happened was at like about, uh, it happened around 1.40, the exact time when the shootings took place. But at about uh, around 3.30ish or 3 o'clock, somebody told me at my work, you know, I work in an office and, you know, people chat and it was Friday afternoon and, you know, they're all starting there, like, you know, we're getting out, they're getting um, like, uh, drinks and stuff like that ready for the company and, you know, they're tr- preparing for Friday night and then all of, all of a sudden I hear, hey, there's a mass shooting that's happened in Christchurch. And we're like, what? They're like, yeah, our Christchurch office has been, um, uh, they've been locked in, they're not allowed to leave to go home because they work like right in the city. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and we were all, and, and immediately my first thing was, crap, not New Zealand. And I was like, wait a minute, who was being shot? Were they, and I'm sorry to say, I'm like, were they white people or were they Muslims? And they're like, no, Muslims got shot. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, there was, a, I don't know why there was a sense of relief because, and I'll explain why there was a bit of a sense of relief because New Zealand, it's one of the most peaceful countries, if not the most peaceful countries yeah. that I, um, that like, I think anyone would agree when they come here, like our news, I always like, you know, one of the things I used to tell all my friends, um, all my wife's friends in the UK is, and you remember this, Salim, um, all our uh, news were about like, you know, if there was a cat that was stuck up on a tree, the fire truck would come in and would rescue it. And then you've got half a road blocked off and all this, and, and that would be like, that's our news. And all of a sudden this happened. And then when I found out that the shooter was white, I was like, oh, thank God. I was like, all right, so it wasn't us. So that was like my first initial reaction. But that we didn't know the seriousness of it. We thought it was like one or two people. Mm. And it's sad to say that it was like, you know, right then and there, because we didn't understand it, when we actually started seeing like, hey, wait a minute, this video that streamed, we started seeing it. And once you saw the video, it was just, yeah, that was just unbelievable. When I started seeing it, like my wife saw it, she was traumatized. I saw it. Parts of it, and I was just 
destroyed. It was like looking at it and just seeing. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's tough to say, especially because, like I said, given what New Zealand is and how friendly people are here, and like anyone that's been here has just had such a good experience, and like oh, just how friendly people are, you know. And one of the things I always tell my wife about who moved here from London six years ago, I was like, whenever I go to London, especially central London, um, you know, I'm I'm used to just if somebody makes eye contact with me, we smile over here, we smile, we say hi. We have a chat, you know, if we're walking in or if we're waiting in the queue at a mall or at checkout or something, you know, you'd end up having a chat with somebody in front of you. Um, you're joking around. That's the vibe you get here. And, um, you know, it's very different in like when you go to Sydney or central London or New York or all these like really high, busy places. It's very different. And so, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about New Zealand. I, I don't know if that gives you some perspective. No, no, I appreciate that. I, I, again, I remember, and I echo what you said, whenever you would come to London um, and we would meet, you would always talk about the news and how it's, there's nothing eventful happening. And so even when I woke up and, and saw that, that there was attacks in New Zealand, it, it shocked me. Um, mm. I, I mean, in terms of Islamophobia and immigration, I mean, there's a senator in, in Australia that has basically said it's horrific what happened however um yeah. and she went on to talk about immigration and, and the mass immigration of as she puts it muslim fanatics um into he, new zealand yeah fraser arning sorry yeah. he okay yeah fraser yeah um is is there a sentiment is there like a is islamophobia even a thing in in new zealand i'm, I'm sure there is elements of it but like is there a growing far right like in the uk we have the likes of Tommy Robinson um, and, and other individuals who are very vocal, very prominent, who espouse anti-Muslim hatred on a near daily basis in the streets and on YouTube videos and everything else. Is there a, a similar thing in New York? Is the far right a problem? In New Zealand? Um, uh, no, I, I would say not to that level. Like, I think in the last five or six years, it, there's been, it has been growing, but the the thing is, is that I usually get a taste of the social mentality, I guess, of a country when you look at the comments section of um, any like you know any post, I guess that's there. Mm. And but with the NZ Herald, and NZ Herald is very notorious for being far right. And you know now it's like whenever the, you see that all the media headlines are. Muslim killer this, Muslim killer that, and it is like Muslim and killer, or Muslim and um, t terrorist, or just they just always want to associate those, those words that we all are very familiar with. And it has been growing, but never did I ever suspect it would grow to this, where there was like a blatant hate crime. Yeah. And um, just FYI, for whoever is listening and they don't know the full story, there was a 70 page or 80 page manifesto of this guy of this um uh, right before and he said that he wanted to do it in new zealand because new zealand was a rural place in the west um and if we do it in new zealand then it goes to show that no place is safe so he targeted new zealand specifically because he knew it was like it felt like the safest country in the world yeah and um that just makes it even more heartbreaking because one of our um, politicians, Winston Peters here, who we all thought, like, to be honest, he was, he's always been very, like, anti-immigration. All his policies have been anti-immigration. But he even came out and saying and said he's like, our innocence has been lost, you know. And, and he did actually have, like, a heartfelt message out to the people that were um, affected by it. 
But is this, so, is, is this not, sorry yeah. to cut you off, but is this not one of these situations where the the years, I guess you cannot date it back to 9-11, but, but all of this anti-Muslim, anti-immigration rhetoric from politicians in the mainstream media, I recently read an article, and, and you see these articles doing the rounds every now and then, um, based on research that say that terrorist attacks perpetrated by Muslims get over 300% more coverage than attacks by non-Muslims. Do not feel like all of these things have a part to play in this. And obviously we live in a globalized world, so it's not necessarily about New Zealand being the best place and the people being so great, but it's about if this narrative is being put across, like being put across through the internet, through the media, just constantly there that Muslims are bad, Muslims are evil, Muslims are the enemy, Muslims are immigrants, then are we not to almost expect something like this to happen? Yeah, and, and this is what I touched on on my post that I put up, which kind of got quite a bit of traction. Um, and it's going a wee bit viral on it. But um, yeah, the, the, that's exactly what I say. It's, it's the media are to blame. Like this guy, you know, and, the, and basically what I said to anyone who hasn't been on my Facebook page to see, what I really said was that I don't blame this guy. You know, I'm, I'm not angry at him. I'm disappointed, I'm hurt, but I'm not angry at him because he's just a byproduct of a broken system. Mm. And yeah, you're totally right. It's the fact that we have so much of this agenda, this divide and conquer thing, and it's like because of the, all the wars that have been happening in the Middle East, Muslim blood is cheap. And we're the easiest scapegoats, basically, to lay blame on. And I totally agree. It's when you've got the likes of Fox News of... You know, we have NZ Herald over here, or BBC for you guys, and CNN, all the likes, when there's a specific agenda, and you've got, like, your senators, like Fraser Allen, who come in and say, you know, he even quoted the, the Bible. Um, he was saying, he's like, in the Bible it says, all that, uh, all that go by the sword will die by the sword, or, or something along those lines, like, you know, thinking that Islam is, you know, a religion of violence, and he's saying, he's like, um, they should have expected this, blah, blah, blah. And, like, he was literally saying that. And then he's just like, you look, and you're like, well, if these are the politicians, the so-called leaders, mm. if they're saying this stuff, the media is backing them up, they're getting a voice, they have a platform, um, then the people, the, the person who now got charged, so there's four people, by the way, that were involved in this, and um, one guy's getting charged with murder, and the guy who Facebook streamed it, I'm hoping it's that guy that's been caught, they're just a byproduct of that system. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's really, it's really troubling to be honest. Kind of looking at this, um, as I said, like I, when when we first spoke, and and still, I'm struggling to comprehend this situation, and it's something that, in my opinion, has always been an an inevitability. Like it's always been on the cards that someone is gonna do something and in fact uh, you know we've got all these brexit negotiations going on at the moment in the uk and and i'm worried that in the uk there's going to be a backlash when it comes to again people who who voted for brexit who want to leave the eu and, and the more delays the more disgruntled they're getting the more they feel cheated by politicians the more likely they are to to rise up and do something um, and, and something very unsavory. So we've already had one British MP has been killed by a terrorist, um, Joe Cox, a, a couple yeah. of years ago. Uh, and that was over, over these kinds of issues. So I guess coming back to, to 
your perspective on things. Um, I, I mean, geographically, I don't know much about New Zealand's geography. So Auckland in comparison, you're based in Auckland. Auckland in comparison to Christchurch, yes. is that quite a distance away? Yeah, that's on the other side of the country. So it's like about 2,000 k's away. Okay, so it's, it's quite far. So I guess, relatively speaking, you'd be quite safe at least. And there was nothing that happened in, in, in your area. Well, we thought, but they found in the Auckland Viaduct, there were two cars armed with explosives. And so they just cleared the whole area. And this was like breaking news, like less than an hour ago that they found. Are you serious? So there's still a lot of panic. Yeah, yeah, there's still a lot of panic. All our mosques, um, uh, all our mosque events, everything have been canceled today. You know, it's Friday. There's all um, Islamic school this weekend and Arabic school in the mosques or any schools that take place in the mosques. They've all been canceled because now they're targeted. And, you know, I was playing basketball right after heaven because we had a, a game. And, um, and right across from it is a Jewish school. And I just saw, and I took a video of it, and I saw, like, there's a three cop cars um, outside this Jewish school. And it says, like, the Hebrew school or blah, blah, blah. And they're just outside and they're guarding it out of fear of retaliation. You know, and I thought my, my initial, my first reaction was a bit with anger. I'm like, well, why are they protecting, you know, a Hebrew school when they weren't the targets? We were, the Muslims were. But then I thought, you know, fair enough. Like, I can see from their perspective, they would probably have that fear because this is what the media feeds into them. That it's like Palestine, Israel, Muslims and Jews, blah, blah, blah. But it's like... Could they not have been protecting the, the, the synagogue from a similar attack? Because if, if the perpetrators were listening to Nazi music in their car beforehand, as we've seen from the live stream, it could have been that they worried that the, the synagogue could also have been a target. That's true, that's true. However, the, the, um, the perpetrator, one of the things that he said was he would... Um, he target he's targeting Muslims in particular because they are just taking over and blah blah and it's just like the stuff that you see on Fox News is literally what he was repeating. And but yeah, you're right. Perhaps yes, they could have they could have seen it from that perspective. And the thing is, the music that he plays on his live stream it doesn't even you don't even know it's Nazi music unless if somebody didn't point it out in one of the comment section, you know. And um, but yeah, the, the nice thing about the New Zealand police was that they every, it was like literally all hands on deck. And so all the mosques were guarded. Um, every mosque, basically in New Zealand, they had cops outside it. So it was really nice. And, you know, even outside uh, certain mosques, there's been like chalks and stuff. People have been choking, saying, you are welcome here. We love you. You know, like stuff like that, which is what you would expect from the New Zealand community to do. Mm -hmm. and, and it shows that there's real like love and support for it. And it's just... And it just breaks my heart that this happened. Like, it really, really just, it, like, it, it It doesn't even anger me. Just, it's sad. It's sad that it's reached this point. So, yeah, unfortunately. And what's the response been like amongst your friends, your peers? Like, what's, like, because, for example, I woke up um, in a million and one different WhatsApp groups. Some are sort of... Muslim related some not and everybody was discussing it my wife actually woke up with a message from a friend sending her kind of condolences and saying oh it's so sad what happened and, and she almost didn't know how to respond because it's it's very rare that that something like this happens on this scale um, and and you know I think we need to kind of almost reiterate the facts that people have gone into a mosque which is a place of worship there were children yeah. there there were women there there were there were innocent men everyone was innocent seven year old boy died Seven-year-old boy died. I wasn't. I wasn't aware of that. Um, but 
it, it's this is the thing the more the more information that comes out about it just we realize how cowardly this this incident was and and yeah. how shocking as well because the, and this is i think fundamentally the issue and there's been attacks on mosques in the past there's been vandalism on mosques and things like that but when you see worshippers when you see muslims innocent muslims as enemy combatants such that it's worth going in and killing them and and attempting to harm them and and you know killing as we've seen in this yeah. incident 49 people that's that's troubling and as you mentioned we need to look yeah. at the climate um in which these people have 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 come to this ideology because it's not in a vacuum these people have not just come to such extreme hatred out of nothing there has to have been triggers yeah. and there have been triggers and we've seen in the past that that influential media outlets politicians narratives that are put across are what are what create these individuals but not enough is being done about that so for me at least the overriding sentiment in all of this is that there's blood on a lot of people's hands um and it's oh, absolutely it's very absolutely. difficult it's very difficult to be able to to point at someone and say you're responsible because there's not one single person that has all the blame on on their shoulders mm-hmm. but it's a culmination yep. of just years of dehumanization and demonization of the muslim community that has led to something like this being acceptable in anybody's head. Yep. And I mean the, the thing is I I feel like this is as much uh an attack on the global or the, or, or the western muslim community at large um rather than just an isolated incident in New Zealand as you mentioned. the guy himself or the or the, the the manifesto that was published online they said they targeted new zealand because it was a remote safe place um and mm, it, of it, the west of the yeah. west and, and and it kind of indicates to us muslims that we should all be scared now juma in in london is in a few hours and to be honest yeah. uh, like the more i'm thinking about it the more i i have to go because we can't be yeah. deterred in any way whatsoever and, and to be honest i'm not scared i don't fear that anything is going to happen here and and i hope obviously nothing does but i feel like even in new zealand as and when it's safe to do this i feel like as many muslims as possible need to turn up need to need to attend the mosques and and kind of show that that we're not going to be deterred 100%. by this and and i think at the same time we need to hold people accountable um we need to look at the people that have been espousing anti-muslim narratives and hatred for the last few years and even more recently i mean Twitter is a is an incredible place and the things that you see yep. on on a on a regular basis on Twitter um are just astounding disgusting. it's it's disgusting yeah. but i mean people tolerate it and and it, like even if you look at british politicians there are british muslim politicians and whenever they post anything the comment section although they won't be directly racist or islamophobic or whatever but you can see there's that kind of hatred there there's people that will troll yeah. these individuals as much as they can just to get under their skin just yep. to kind of incite a reaction because they are so ideologically uh, opposed with anything to do with Islam and where yep. and that that's that's a modern that's a modern construct you know look yep. back 30 40 years and you know sorry I know I'm I'm kind of I feel like I'm lecturing you now <laughs> but um when I think about the uh, when I think about Islamophobia and I think about Islam I feel like we need to kind of draw a line and say that you know criticism of Islam criticism of of Muslim culture is okay it's something that we need to look at we need to be able to say that you know certain attitudes 
might be incorrect. Certain attitudes need to be addressed. Certain attitudes, and uh, you know, we need to compare them to Western values, whatever that means. Um, and I, I think I invite that, and I invite that dialogue and discussion. But when you say that it's not compatible and that's it, that's the be all and end all. Therefore, Muslims are a problem. That's when we have a huge issue. I think yeah. there's still, and I, again, I don't know what the what the population is like in in New Zealand, but I feel like in the UK there's still this notion that Muslims are immigrants, um, yes. and and that's something that is not going to change, but it's something that needs to change. People need to stop um, conflating immigration with Islam because that's what's happened lately. Um, even Brexit, for example, so many people voted for Brexit because they wanted less Indians and Pakistanis on their streets. When there's no mm-hmm. correlation yeah. between the two, but it was more like, oh, we're taking a stand against immigration. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't know, man. As I said, I'm I'm still trying to process what's what's taken place, and it's I I mean, in terms of in terms of trying to understand even the emotions, I I had uh, extreme anger. Um, when I woke up and I was just like I felt let down by by the world I know that sounds almost strange yeah no, but, see, but see this is the thing and this, this is the message I've been trying to get across to people is we shouldn't be angry like we sh- and especially as Muslims we should kind of expect this and we should know that it's coming and to be honest we should be ready because it's gonna it's, this is not the first time and it's definitely not going to be the last time. But I, I, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I'm angry at the state of of where things are at. Like, I'm not. I, I I agree with what you're saying that you know the individuals that have done this. I mean, I I saw a brief glimpse of his one of his manifestos, um, where he said he hasn't been to university because nothing interested him at uni, um, and and so like these are by their own admission uneducated people that haven't even sought studies in any way shape or form but i mean i'm angry by the climate that we're in that we've allowed and, and it's it's internal and external we as a muslim community have allowed ourselves to kind of get into this position if we look at for example the jewish community in the uk when it comes to anti-semitism there are a much mm-hmm. smaller percentage of the population yet anti-semitism is as big a story as islamophobia and again yeah. I'm, I'm not i'm not trying to com- compare the two and and obviously statistics speak for themselves um, but how, I mean, w- w- at least in the UK, we're a large enough population that our agenda can be high up. Um, it can be high on the agenda. And, and, you know, people have been calling for an inquiry into the Conservative Party with regards to Islamophobia for, for years now. Um, and, and only recently it's kind of heightened and picked up. And I think this will almost lend itself um, to this to this inquiry and say that, you know, we need to look at generally Islamophobia as, as an issue in the West because something like this could very easily happen on our streets in the UK. There have been, you know, countless mosques have been vandalized. But that's what, that's what I'm angry I agree. at. Do you know what I mean? It's, I, I agree yeah. with you that it's, yeah, the no, individuals no, no. are a product I, I, of our and, society. And that's fine. And, and the, the thing is, though, I, what I will repeat again is that, to be honest, we are angry at things that we can't control because I have the exact same, like, I'm the whole state of it really just gets to me and I'm like and especially man like when I listen to these um, like we've got a station here called News Talk ZB and it's basically like open mic so um, somebody will talk about an issue and then you're just welcome to call in and um, this was like about what, five years ago and I actually got banned from calling there. I got my number got blacklisted from calling there yeah. because every single day on my way to university 
I would listen, and there was this guy, Leighton Smith. He was a tool, man. Like, honestly, he would, the stuff he would spew, especially when it comes to covering the Israel-Palestine conflict, you know, it was just very one-sided. Um, and, again, it was just something that we could not control. We were angry at things that we couldn't control because our culture, and it's our culture, it tells us, you know, we need doctors, we need engineers, we need lawyers, blah, blah, blah. Actually, we don't. You know, the only reason we, our parents want us to become doctors, engineers, and lawyers, and by the way, I'm an engineer, um, so I'm guilty of this as well myself, is the only reason they wanted us to be like this because they came from countries where those degrees were the only ones that basically got you out of the rut. It guaranteed security for you. But now we are very privileged living in the West. Let's branch out. Let's start going into politics. Let's start encouraging our youth and stuff to start going into Government controls, like you know, like the, the Muslim vibe. It's it's amazing. You know, we need more stuff like this, we, and we need people to work together as well. You know, this is something that the Muslim community is very guilty of: is that as soon as somebody's doing good in the community, you just see the whole community just kind of pull them down, and a lot, and and that comes from culture rather than faith, because that's just what it's always been like: is that divide and conquer mentality, and we carry that over to the West rather than try to learn from the people that are very, very successful. And, you know, like one of my friends, one of my best friends growing up was, uh, he was Jewish. And, um, and like, man, I got such a great insight into how the community works. And he was telling me, like, you know, some of the, one of the cousins that left Israel to go live in San Francisco, they, um, when they went, uh, all the local synagogues and stuff, they're like, hey, look, there's a couple coming from Israel. Let's help them out. Everyone put in a bit of money, and when this couple came in, they had 700,000 US dollars in their bank account ready for them to either buy a home or buy a business that's going to support the community. And all of a sudden, like, imagine if everyone wants to do that, where it's like the whole community would just support each other. So if one person falls down, let's, the whole community just lifts them up. You know, you want to help each other. You'd And, and this is where ultimately I blame it on us. I, I'm guilty of that as well, that I'm not so involved i'm not out there like you know our voices just don't get heard and one of the things man that really got to me just before but again it's our fault is that in all the news that they've been covering in new zealand they've been talking to priests um politicians ceos no muslims they have not been contacting one muslim and that is our fault that is our fault because we have not involved ourselves in such a way that we've got people that can speak and see that angered me not because of us it's because of us I, I was angry at us because we don't have the right infrastructure to deal with issues like this and to be honest like this is a huge wake-up call for all of us that we need to have the right infrastructure for something like this we need to to know how to branch out how to get our voices heard and um it's funny because as we're talking you and i right now I'm getting a text that BBC want to do an interview with me right now. So, um, so, so because of that um, Facebook post. So, um, so, yeah, so, so this is the thing is that we need to get heard. Like, we shouldn't be scared. You know, a lot of us that coming to, um, that have left our countries back home for whatever reason, be it from Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, or wherever, um, we've left there because we are seeking a better life. And a lot of us, we come here, we just want to put our heads down yeah. and just yeah. get over there because we fear of, it's like, hey, if they don't accept us, they're going to take us back. And, you know, and um, and this is ultimately, I think, the problem in itself. I'm not saying, let's go out, 
you know, start revolution on the streets. No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we are now privileged to be here. And just like, you know, the Caucasians that went, um, I'm being PC, okay? Um, the Caucasians that went to America, you know, they kicked the Indians out. So the Caucasians there, the white people there, are being blunt. They are immigrants to that country. The, uh, the Kiwis over here, the quote-unquote Kiwis we call them here, or the Europeans that came from the UK in the 1830s, 1840s, they took the land from the indigenous people, the Maori people, um, and they are immigrants in themselves. So it's like, all right, sure, we're immigrants right now, but the next generation isn't going to be, this is going to be their home. These are according to the rules that we live by. So yes, in a sense, keep your head down, but don't keep it down to the fact where it's like things are going around you and you're just quiet, you're silent. We shouldn't be like that. And again, this is our fault. So I'm not sa- I'm, I'm not angry at that guy at all. I just want to pick up on one point. Um, I, yep. I agree with you, and, and you're, you're, you're very right in terms of the generational issue of, of us having come to, I say us, but like, you know, Muslim communities having come to the West to settle, and there's been that requirement that, you know, you need to be a doctor, you need to be a dentist, you need to pay the bills, you need to be an engineer, because it's about survival, right? And I feel like we're slowly breaking through that. We've, we've got to that point now where, you know, we are settled we are stable in this country we, we we do consider britain new zealand australia new york to be home but now it's about the next step i agree with you on that just to offer a slight counter perspective you mentioned the bbc so i frequently get calls from bbc asian network and a few other local bbc radio stations to talk about issues concerning the mm-hmm. muslim community now it might not surprise you that i get calls when something's happening to do with isis um, obviously, I, yeah. I, I know nothing about ISIS. I have nothing to do with ISIS, but they always give me a call. This morning, my phone didn't ring. This morning, when I, I have a lot to say, I feel very passionately about what's happened. The calls aren't coming in. Now, it's, it's interesting that you've obviously been contacted off the back of Facebook posts, which is great. And I think we need to take up the opportunities, but we can't just blame ourselves when potentially from the other side, those calls aren't coming in for whatever reason. True. Do you, do you know what I mean? That's the thing. So I, True, I, I get you. But imagine if we had somebody that we know who's, you know, got like a Mahdi Hassan or somebody like, but imagine we have like a thousand Mahdi Hassans that are all in there and they work in those teams that have the authority to, to make that yeah, call yeah. for you. That's because for us, we're too worried about doctor, engineer, lawyer, you know? We're not, we're not worried about broadcasters, you know, um, international affairs, international relations, like those kind of uh, professions. We're not, that's not, we don't prioritize those because those kind of professions will make you not have your head down. That's going to make you have your head up and involved in the situation of the country. So I, I agree with you. Yeah, that is unfortunate that they didn't call and probably for a reason. However, yeah, again, if we, if we shifted our focus, and this is what I hope that this experience will teach us is that what are we going to learn from this? Because you know, if we just say like, oh, okay, this is a really sad event and just let it go, then we've learned nothing from it and those people's deaths will be in vain. So it's like I'm hoping that this is just going to cause a big massive shift in focus on what, what our priorities are and it's the youth. You know, like I always criticize the New Zealand government here for, and most governments to be honest, they only really think about what they want to improve their country on in four-year terms because they want to do something enough so that they just want to get re-elected. They don't think about like, hey, what's going to be good for 50 years' time because that's not going to get them re-elected. 
And it's the same thing with us. We only think really short term. We never think long term or bigger picture. We we don't have that in us. So, um, so I, I, it's uh, yeah. It's if I go back to the whole news thing, and I'm watching the news in front of me, and again, they still haven't had any Muslims. You know, it's um, and you know about the shooter. It's something that's very interesting. That I'm not sure if has reached you guys, but there was um, a Kiwi guy who was uh, eyewitness to the whole situation. And he said that he saw the guy, one of the shooters, um, he saw him basically with his helmet, he was, he was dressed like a SWAT guy, but he was driving like a normal like Subaru Legacy or something, and he saw him with the guns, they looked dead in the eye, this was like during the shooting or at some point like, or right before the shooting was about to start, he, he had shot a few times onto the road randomly, and I think that was just to divert the cops to go to one area while he drives to the mosque and starts shooting there. And he's like, he's, they looked at them dead in the eye and, and he didn't do anything to him. That's because he was, he was white, like a white, bald guy. And he was white and, and he didn't do anything to him. Meanwhile, and he, he saw that just down the road, there was somebody that was lying down on the floor. He was dead on the footpath. And that's when he realized, like, oh, crap, this guy is, you know, this isn't like uh, fireworks or something. This is real. Mm-hmm. And when you look at a lot of the Kiwis that they interviewed, a lot of the people that they interviewed, Everyone was like, oh, the, we just thought it was like firecrackers or something because who would have thought, like, first reaction is gunshots? Even the people, most, some of the people that were lucky enough to escape. And by the way, if, if you guys get the link to the video, don't watch it. It's just going to traumatize you to see, like, bodies piled on bodies and this guy's, like, still shooting them. It's just, yeah, don't watch it. But the guys, the, so the people that were lucky enough to get out, they were saying, like, the, even though they heard, like, about 20 gunshots, they thought it was lights blown out or somebody was doing fireworks like until they started seeing there's like blood on walls and they started seeing dead bodies um they're like oh crap this is exactly what's happening back home and they just ran for it they legged it so yeah yeah <laughs> I, I know we've had a lot of uh i mean we've discussed a lot of things um but yeah, I mean, as, as you mentioned, just bringing it back um, and probably to close as well, because I know it's quite late out there. And I thank you for your, for your time and for agreeing to speak, obviously. No, happy to help. Um, on the day. But um, yeah, I think, you know, our, our thoughts and prayers are with the families um, of those that have, have lost, you know, relatives who were just going to the mosque to pray, something that I'm going to be doing in a few hours, something that we all do on a, on a regular basis. And also our, our prayers with the with, with the victims who are in the hospital, and and, and we pray that they all um, make a, a speedy recovery. And I know what one person has already died um, after being in a serious condition in hospital. But I think yeah, to reiterate what you said as well, in terms of the video um, footage that's that's present, I again like the, 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 one of the problems with social media and the speed at which things are now disseminated is that I woke up to just a flurry of videos and messages and, and the manifesto and all these things. And I think yeah. the, the problem with all of this stuff is that we become desensitized to it. The more that we consume videos like this, the more yeah. we become desensitized. And so I, I, I completely true. echo your sentiments in terms of encouraging people not to watch this um, for, for various reasons. I mean, firstly, it kind of almost glorifies and gives them uh, a sense of achievement that look how many people have seen what I've done. Um, and it's something that they talk about in America as well, where whenever there's a mass shooter, um, they give so much media coverage to these things yeah, because it's do. like, um, th- there's just, there's this fascination 
an almost fetishization of of gore and of horrific detail um, that it just incites copycats and and wants people to kind of do this. So, um, yeah, I I think, um, I don't know, whenever I, yeah, I don't know, it's just, I'm at a loss for words. Uh, I'll I'll just just tell you a quick story. This is something that happened, I think, three years ago when I came to London to visit um, our in-laws. It was New Year's night, I remember. New Year's Eve, we were waiting for the fireworks in central London, and I saw so many people. I'm like, wow, you know, New Zealand's like all up, there's 4 million people and just 1.4 million in Auckland. So anything over like 50 people in a room, it's crowded, basically. Mm. Um, so I saw like, honestly, just felt like a million people probably just watching the fireworks. And that was the first time in my life where I was like, oh, OMG, basically, there could be a proper terrorist attack right now and we wouldn't see it coming and that was my that was my thought you know um and i i actually genuinely felt scared that was one of the first times where i really actually felt i was like this could actually happen you know and um i never felt that in new zealand not once and that was one of the things i told my wife and i was like man we're alhamdulillah you know we live in new zealand we'd never have to feel that now as of today like especially my wife, like, you know, we guys, we're lucky. We, you know, we, we can, some people might not pick us out as Muslims, but it's this, the uh, sisters, man, they, they really have it tough because they're the visible ones wearing the hijab. And she's saying, she's like, I'm actually scared to go out right now. And and that's the first time she's ever been scared. And I actually started thinking, like, from her perspective, I can totally understand. You know, it's, it's not something easy. Although in the back of my mind, you know how us guys, we have those fantasies of, dying as heroes and in my mind I'm like man I could have like you know he dies as shaheed blah 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 and, and like and that kind of stuff like a noble death but the reality is is that when you're actually faced with it and especially when every single mosque is on lockdown right now and they've sent us all messages don't go to the mosque yeah it's it's a it's a true reality and um and I think kudos to as we say I don't know if you guys use kudos over there yeah. Yeah. Oh, you do? Okay, cool. So it's not a New Zealand thing. All right, I thought we can claim that one. Uh, um, but so kudos to everybody, I think, in the UK, especially after like, those acid attacks that happened and um, people that were still able to just go on the tube. And, and like, I know there's so many horrific things that have happened, but to go on the tube, to just live your life and just still go out and not let those terrorist attacks affect you. Like, you know, that in itself is a, is, is a jihad, basically, because that's struggling with itself. And so I really, really do uh, commend everyone. And I think that we shouldn't let this basically affect us or divide us. I think, if anything, this should bring us closer together because something like this, as horrific as it is, um, and I really, really, my heart really goes out to the people that were affected by it, it, we should still learn from it and we should still be able to just see the positives out of it. I know it's hard, but we should still see the positives out of it that we should just come closer together as a community. As cheesy as that is. Well, no, again, thank you very much for your time. Um, and I guess ultimately stay safe. Um, and, and yeah, good luck. I mean, definitely take up the opportunity on the BBC, as you mentioned. Um, I, I think we, we need voices out there. We need voices like yours that are well balanced and, and reasoned when it comes to these things, not overly emotional, that kind of cloud judgment and whatever else. And, and mm. I think. Um, 
yeah, your your perspective has been enlightening, and I think also you you shed some light into kind of the situation in New Zealand because I think it's easy for us to kind of assume that New Zealand is just like the UK in terms of the dynamics and Islamophobia and the narrative and the and the politics, but it seems like it's as far away from that as possible, which is what yeah, makes it all yeah. the more shocking. Um, so no, mm-hmm. once again, Yasser, thank you very much for your time, uh, and hopefully we we'll speak again time. soon in in much better circumstances. Inshallah. 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 Thank you. Thank you.